Welcome to Retro Enjoy your voyage. Welcome to Retro Groove. I'm Adam C. And I'm Liam D. And this is a podcast where we talk about music that stands the test of time, the albums and artists that have shaped and reshaped the sonic landscape, as well as covering new music from those artists. Welcome to episode 20. We made it. Big time. We made it. I mean, we're, we're going on a year almost here then. If this is Coming up this is pretty 20. close. Wow. To a year. Um, I didn't know quite what to expect when we kind of had our initial little conference call yeah. and threw ideas around and, and came up with the overall concept and recorded our first episode. I didn't know that if we would have three listeners or, <laughs> or, or end up with 3000 eventually, but, yeah. um, we're actually getting pretty close to 3000 unique downloads. So, Amazing. um, thank you all for, for listening and continuing to listen every week. Um, we're happy to be here and, uh, I'm happy to announce that we are having our very first Weird Al Yankovic episode. Yeah. And... I'm kind of surprised it took this long. Yeah. True. To be honest. Yeah. Because how many of us kind of in our relative age bracket ha you know I I I can only speak for myself, I guess, but I can attribute a lot of my initial early pop musical uh, discoveries and experiences directly to weird al songs yes yeah, yeah he's a he's a gateway <laughs> drug i feel like for so many people he's a gateway drug gateway drug yeah absolutely so um we're gonna dedicate our entire side b to weird al and his legacy and his uh history and his future uh and his amazing catalog and uh, we'll talk about our own experiences um with al himself um, but first, Liam, how's it going, man? It's been quite a week or two, huh? Yeah, it's been a lot. Um, I don't know, like work is cranking up and things are happening and I'm, I'm socializing a whole lot more in, in like the old way than, uh, than I used to. The old way. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for better or for worse, but I feel like I'm getting coffee with people again, like for, ah, for work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is like a thing we do. We go out and get a latte and sit across mm -hmm. from each other and talk. Um, but yeah, I, um, uh, I'm good. I, also, I posted a couple photos in our Discord the other night. I went out to a show in the city uh, and I drank more than I've had to drink in a very long time. 
Oh boy. Um, and I didn't get home till almost four o'clock in the morning. Oh and boy. I'm 37, and so that doesn't really <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't really work out good. so good. Man, my that was Friday night and my Saturday was shot. Like I I oh. between being out that late and having a couple of drinks, man, um, it was it was a trip. But uh I got to see Arcade Fire. They're back, man. Um, it was cool. I got to show you this. So I, one of the things in talking about what I bought. So have, I don't know if you've listened to the new song that they just put out. It's like a two part song. There's, it's technically yes. two songs. Um, I, I think did. I watched the music video. Uh huh. Oh, I haven't seen the music video. Uh, yeah, it's on I have YouTube. to check that mm-hmm. out. Um, but I, I, the song's fantastic. I like the Reflector album. I thought it was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I just didn't. You don't know what to expect here, and this feels right. like that. Tom Petty, Springsteen, War on Drugs kind of lane that feels kind of nice right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it when I heard this, it felt good. That's all that's all I know. Is like I heard yeah. this and I'm like, this feels good. And so they had this, look at this vinyl. No one else can see it except for you, but like this nice, Ooh. like marble thunderstorm kind of uh vinyl single. It kind of looks like it, um, it kind of looks like an eyeball, yeah. sort of. Well, like and the it's little... like a whole thing. They're like doing an eyeball thing. Oh, it's like, that's cool. They had like T-shirts with eyeballs spray painted on it, and a huge like inflated eyeball over the stage. Um, so there's something nice. there's something going on there. Um, but it was great. It was cool to be at a show. Uh, I candidly like I like the Arcade Fire. I couldn't t- name 10 of their songs like i know a bunch of them i've i own some of their albums i've mm-hmm. listened through a bunch of them but like i couldn't sing you the lyrics i i'm not like deep dive a guy on them right but it was just a good time it was one of those things where yeah. you're just there and i was with a couple good people from work and it was I just immersed in it and it felt good and so uh i nice. just i just popped for tickets to go see glass jaw next week um oh. i think i'm gonna go see another show at the very beginning of april like i think i'm i think i'm getting there man like i was there nice. last year for a little bit and now i was like eh, they yeah. know omicron and all that but i don't know i feel like i i just feel it feels right and so i'm gonna go when it feels right and i'm gonna skip when it doesn't there you go yeah that, and that's the best you can do yeah how about I mean, you? I'm kind of in. I'm in the same boat with Arcade Fire. Um, I'm not a super fan, but really enjoy some of their albums and and a good number of their songs. Um, the music video is great. I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> um, to me, it sort of sounded like they were coming back to their. It sounds a lot more like their first couple albums to it me. Does yeah. Um, but not in a like, well, let's go back to what we used to do kind of way. It's, it feels fresh. Yeah. Um, which is. Good. I think I think a lot of a lot more bands should do that. Um, <clears throat> doing pretty good. Um, I did make it out to my uh, local or one of my locals that I don't typically get to, um, which is Breakaway. We actually braved some of the South by Southwest traffic. Oh um, man, had a couple of things to do in the city. Yeah, so um, made it to uh, Breakaway Records. One of my favorite um, in Austin proper uh, locals and found a couple to fill out the collection. Uh, finally grabbed a copy of the self-titled first Cars album, mm. um, which has, you know, basically all of the Cars hits. Yeah. If you, you know, <laughs> if 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 I asked anybody to name three or four 
Cars songs. It would they would all be from that first album. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got that one finally uh, on vinyl. Also felt the last time I picked up a Dire Straits album, I thought that completed my Dire Straits discography. Mm. Um, but I was actually missing one. And so I picked up that one today pretty cheap. Um, the spine is a little bit messed up, but I don't care because I'm right. just trying to complete the discography. Yeah. So I got I got Communique, uh, which I'd been missing. Nice. Uh, a really good underrated and kind of under the radar Dire Straits album. Um, but I love it. Um, I've been listening to kind of a hodgepodge. Um, I go through phases of listening to Synthwave. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of that 80s throwback um, retro style, you know, video game and 80s movie inspired music. Um, and probably my favorite artist from that, you know, super niche genre is um, a guy called Wave Shaper. And um, I don't know if it's going to kind of conglomerate into a thing, but earlier this year he put out a single... Um, and gosh, now, of course, I, I'm not going to remember the name, but it was something bought. And this month he put out a single called Terabot. And, um, so I don't know if it's going to kind of all come together like Voltron into a larger thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's really, really good. And I, so I've been listening to that and of course it's just a single, so it kind of just whets your appetite. So I've been going back and listening to his mainframe album, which came out last year. Um, so if, if you're into, you know, video games and an eighties culture and things like that, it's, it's such a trip. Um, so I've, I've been enjoying that. Um, my daughter, we were driving and my youngest daughter, she's, she's turning six later this month. And she said, dad, can we listen to the pollution song? Mm. And I was like, I was thinking like, what, like, yeah, what, is, what is she talking about? captain planet like she doesn't know who captain planet is like what <laughs> that, that, that is where my song? head went too and um she kind of has really good pitch like she'll when she's singing along to something like I'm, I'm always impressed by her pitch particularly for her age and she like sang a little part of it and all of a sudden it dawned on me she was literally asking for noise pollution by portugal the man oh wow Oh my yes, gosh. I know what it, and I was like, okay, sure. You just never know what's going to so, stick, right? That's crazy. I know. So, and that, I, I don't know, somehow yeah. that stuck with her and I don't even know how initially she heard it. Obviously it's been around the house or in the car at some point. So sure. we went through a number of the songs on that album. So it's kind of oh, reinvigorated man. my Portugal, the man, uh, fandom, great. Um, but that's a really good album. I kind yeah. of went through a lot of it and, um, heard some of the songs that I might've skipped over or only, you know, you hear it once and it kind of feels like background noise until the next quote unquote hit comes along. And I'm like, man, this is a really solid album. So, yeah. um, well, they're going, I think they're out with, uh, alt J if it's not announced, like if it's not routed yet, uh, I think they've talked about it being them going out together this summer. So I don't, wow. I don't know, man. Be awesome. I don't know if you're bringing your daughter to an alt J concert. That seems a little, Proggy. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. But um yeah. that sounds fun for me. That does me. sound fun. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That might be, you know, something I'd be interested in. Cause I haven't I still have yet to be a concert goer 
you know, quote unquote, post COVID. Yeah, there is no post COVID. (laughs) No, there's probably not. But you know, since since it all began, I haven't haven't ventured out just yet. Yeah. Um, and that that would do it for me. I would love to see a show like that. Now, I didn't see or hear on your list here the Black Keys. Who dropped a new song? I don't know if you've listened to it yet. Oh, yeah. I knew they had a new album coming out soon. New song, Wild Child. Um, rumored, I mean, it sounds, it's got a ZZ Top kind of, it's, I mean, it's their like dirty yeah. blues rock. It's, it's exactly what you want it to be. It's pretty badass. Um, but rumor that uh, Billy Gibbons is going to be on this album. Yeah. So, really? like, yeah. So we're, we'll see. Um and they, be fun. and they're out this summer with Band of Horses who just put out a gorgeous album. Oh um, my god! So like that'd be another good one. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I mean, everything's kind of lining up. Uh, uh, we've got uh, new Muse that just came out as well, a new song for Muse, and obviously we talked about Arcade Fire. Um, mm-hmm. There's just uh, new Florence. Like, there's just so much good stuff out right now. Um, See. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like coming out of having COVID or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just having been home with my kids for two weeks and then and then spring break happened. So yeah. I'm like not on top of things like I normally would be. But there's a lot of new stuff coming out and I'm kind of missing it. This is the um, time it's going <clears> to <throat> happen, like the next month or two, because <laughs> everybody's announcing their summer tours. Everybody's trying to get mm. out there. And so now is the time when vinyl pre-orders are going up and singles yep. are being dropped and everybody's going to put out their album. I mean, that's like pipe, pipe. props to Spoon for just getting out of the gate and being like, we need this out there. We need to go and yeah. let's let's rock it because they knew that you're going to have Chili Peppers, Black Keys, Muse, Arcade Fire, like all of these things coming. It's going to be for a sure. banger of a year. A lot of really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. it feels like it. So great year to be a music fan, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I've been, so I went down and I thought there was more of it. I've been watching Atlanta. I don't know if you've ever seen that show um, oh. on FX. I'm watching it on Hulu. Um, and I'd held off on it because it, it seemed like the kind of show that you really need to sit down and start at the beginning. I, you couldn't just like jump into it. It's not like community right. or anything else. Um and I love Donald Glover. I love Childish yeah. Gambino. I think he's hilarious. I, I have his stand-up DVDs. Like, I think he is a real talent. You know, there's there's some very talented people who I have less uh, patience with to engage with their art. And then there's right. people like him where I'm like, you do you, man. Like, you're you're just going to, like, go, go to left field and I'll follow you yeah. there. I mean, I feel like he's one of the very few true renaissance man right yeah. now does everything um, everything renaissance yeah. persons however yeah. you want to say it but for for real like yeah 100%. The, the show is inspired and the cool thing and the reason why i jumped into it now is that he announced that they had shot both the third and fourth seasons and then oh. and then that the show's over he's like i uh, yeah. he's like he has an arc he has it set he shot the whole thing and so it's like now, now I feel like I can jump in because it's not something that's going to be leading me on for a few years. Like it's just going right. to be like the third season's going to come out soon, and then the fourth season's going to probably drop at the end of the year, maybe early next year, and then it's done. I just mm-hmm. I, I have such a commitment issue jumping in on something that is just like potentially open ended and going to go on for forever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But what? So what happened is then I like 
I was going through what I have, and I have all the Gambino albums in some format, but I was listening back to his a bunch of his stuff because of that, the early EPs and everything. And I was like, man, Awaken My Love is an album that I should own on vinyl. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I was like, this is the album. I have Camp on vinyl because like I was such a fan at the time that I just bought it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not a vinyl album for me. Like I don't put on that record and just kind of vibe like those are individual tracks and there's some tracks that are real heavy hitters on that first like full length album awaken my love is like you throw the needle on and just let it take you and so yeah Yeah. so i went i picked up a copy of that um like i was i was kind of mulling through my my local a couple days ago and i saw that and like i said i've been watching atlanta and i was like you know what i should have this on vinyl it's the the cover the cover art is is gorgeous and cool and haunting and the album just it's it's just super cool so so yeah so i grabbed that um and then texas texas trey you know i i said it in the discord i'll say it on here like he had shouted out months ago that i should check out the weaker thans and Mm -hmm. i had kind of backburnered it and never spent the time and on it like i was i was taking a long walk on the beach like my wife was was like up ahead of me looking for sea glass and i had my headphones on and i was like we were just kind of doing like a simultaneous parallel walk on the beach and i was just kind of vibing <laughs> and i was like uh-huh. what what do i want to listen to and i thought like you know what i've been i've been holding off i i like i don't have anything that i want to throw on my ears in this moment right now and it was the perfect thing to listen to dude and, it, like the mm-hmm. songwriting was so good it, it like scratched this like ben gibbard john darnell place and now i'm all in uh so props mm-hmm. props to, to to trey um props to that band like Ray's i point. i gotta i now now i'm like looking up what vinyl records are theirs i can buy and what what yeah. how, how <laughs> you know you get into your fandom and you start doing your deep dives and i'm like yes all right how do how do i catch up you know right absolutely yeah anything else um no i mean i i pre-ordered a, a, a I impulse pre-ordered a, a vinyl record um and we'll see i keep forgetting about these i have one that was supposed to be delivered already and I, i'm sure the production's all over the place it was like a lo-fi metroid album that oh. i i pre-ordered back in june of last year it's like in line with the zelda and chill and mario and chill and whatever right. mm-hmm. um and it's samus and chill and it still hasn't shown up and so then i saw as i was checking on the status of that i saw this orchestral arrangement like interpretation of the music from fire emblem three houses which i just completed and i fell in love with and i love fire emblem and i looked and it was like only 30 bucks and it's this gorgeous 180 gram like gold splatter vinyl and i'm like ah and i sat there for five minutes and i'm like (laughs) i gotta i I have to buy this for 30 dollars though because you know that's not gonna stay 30 dollars i know I know. skyrocket yeah if you i know anything about video game music vinyl <laughs> that's the thing man and i I will listen to this that's my problem is that i've grabbed a handful of video game vinyl and it's been good for the wall but like i haven't actually sat and 
Throne the records on and it makes me feel guilty. Like I like yeah. part of it has just been like, oh my God, I love this game. I love this music and throw it up. Like I have the Celeste soundtrack. I should listen to the Celeste soundtrack. I just haven't, you know, but yeah. I threw it up on the wall because it's gorgeous artwork and I love that game. Right. Um, but this one I know I'm going to listen to. Like there was a, the, they did a similar one for Majora's Mask and I listened to that a bunch um, when I was feeling dark um and right, and this course. one this one i feel like is going to get me kind of hyped like the, like there's a good energy and inspiration to this um i do i i think i got a digital download because i uh i think it came bundled with it and it's funny mm. this kind of music um i i was i was in ireland like to, uh, before the pandemic, like to, uh, February 2020, like right before everything shut down. And I had this kind of stuff for Legend of Zelda um, just downloaded on my phone over there. And I was like climbing a mountain and threw it on. Like I was like Dang. scaling a mountain in this like misty, beautiful day and threw it on. And it was just like the perfect soundtrack for an endeavor like that. And so now yeah. I'm like, and now I'm like, <laughs> I got to get this fire emblem stuff on my phone. And then what am I doing? Like, what's the awesome thing that I'm going to do to this music? Like, what am I soundtracking? So now I got to come up with something cool to do, like Man. with this music in there. We'll figure it out. I, <laughs> I think I'm going to Scotland in a month and a half. My wife is like oh. planning this whole trip. So I'm going to download it on my phone, keep it there. And if something cool happens in Scotland, I'm going to toss it on. We'll see. That could work. I could, that work. could work. Yeah. I love the building, the like, once in a lifetime travel experience around the soundtrack rather Isn't that than crazy? vice versa. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like That's how it happens, right? Have, have you have you not ever soundtracked your life a little bit where you're like I've this has been like late night walking home from a date or something and like you throw on the right like love sick song or something. Like you just you yeah. can soundtrack you're yourself a little bit. In, yeah, yeah, you're living in your own biopic. That's exactly how it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we got some we got some news and we've got some new releases to touch on a little bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I can ahead. dive into a couple of these things if you want. Um, so Grammy's coming up. Um, by yeah. the time this comes out, we'll be right on the cusp of it. Um, they've already announced the first set of performers. Uh, no surprises here. It's definitely stuff to be excited about. But um you know, they're swinging for the fences to be as relevant and topical as possible, which right. the Grammys really have to do. Um, and again, like we've we've talked about it before, but women just owning it. Billie Eilish, Brandi Carlisle, Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, mm -hmm. it's going to be a killer lineup, a killer show. Um, I think I've talked on here before about how I can't really watch these things because it gives me anxiety. So I'll probably just <laughs> catch the highlights the next day. But right, exactly. just like the majority of people. Um, but I will say so. Um, my my daughter's been really into BTS. They're performing. So I'm sure we're going to rewatch that or, or catch that. that that's going to be a cool performance. Um, but at the festivals that I was at last summer, I saw Jack Harlow twice and i didn't get him at first like he's this like white rapper dude who like just seems unassuming in a pair of jeans but like commanded the audience and by the second time i saw him i was like yeah he's got there's something there's something special there there's something happening there like mm -hmm. 
the audience was massive both times and they were just they were in his hand unlike most performers Man. that you see it was it was just it was there was a weird thing going on there and he'll be performing with little Nas X at the Grammys and I think that that's going to be a big moment like I feel like that's going to shape up I mean little Nas X does crazy stuff and I, I just him with Jack I don't know what they have planned but could be pretty cool yeah because it seems like it seems like Lil Nas X is all about like the um, <clears throat> shock factor, yeah. shock factor, like and and not maybe quite as much shock factor as like the theatrics of it all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, p- creating, you know, set pieces and these, you know, visual aspects of it. And you're right. Jack Harlow seems more like, you know, I'm a dude. This mm-hmm. is what I do. I'm going to, you know rock my white t-shirt and exactly unassuming chain yeah it's just like he looks like he's a good looking college dude you know it just doesn't 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 ever speak to me in that sense but his music's good his rhymes are good he you know he carries himself really well so um it's just just an interesting pairing to me yeah i agree so well that'll be interesting to see um also it's kind of getting to the point with like those particularly kind of with artists like those two, um, <laughs> we're, we're kind of getting old enough to where it's like, okay, I don't really get it. They're mm-hmm. clearly incredibly popular yeah. with <laughs> a newer generation, and I just don't really see it. But yeah. props to them for doing whatever it is that completely connects with that new generation coming up. I'm, yeah. I have nothing against it. I'm very open to whatever, yeah. but um, yeah, I'm, it's kind of, that's a new generation and I'm from a, 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 an older generation than that. And I really don't quite get it, but that's okay. Yeah. Has- hashtag enjoy old. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hashtag old guy. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't have to get it. It's, right. it's let them do their thing and, and change the culture in the way that they want to. And, um, you know, there's going to be artists for me and you, and there's going to be artists for the younger generation. And hopefully there's artists for everybody as well. Yeah. Um, so, um, I know we've got, uh, a number of, new releases. One thing that really surprised me, um, you know, today as we were recording, this is the 20th, the first day of spring. And I was looking at new releases and I was like, wait, hold up. This Weezer, we, we talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah. But today the Weezer, it's called, Seasons, seasons spring yeah s z n z seasons yes. yeah um it dropped today yeah and i was like that's crazy it's a sunday what is going on and yeah. then it dawned on me today's the first day of spring it's the spring weezer seasons album okay yeah two and two together <laughs> yeah so they're eps so, now so they had initially said that these were going to be albums they're not full albums, albums. Okay. um <laughs> and yeah no it's it's uh it's eps yeah <laughs> yeah so i i did a quick and, and i literally just was made aware of this like two hours before we started recording so yeah i i did a quick like cursory listen and like the first song I absolutely hated. The second song I really, really liked. Um, so it's, 
I don't know yet. The jury is still out. We'll yeah, see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, I, look, Weezer does their spring and summer pop hits. Uh, I mean, I feel like if you want me to and I'm your daddy, like there's stuff on a bunch of these, those albums. Um, yeah. Feels like summer. Like there are, they have a knack for writing those light pop songs. Um, and I think that this is a great pocket for them. Call mm-hmm. me, call me in fall and winter, you know, like take me to the black album, take me to everything will be okay in the end. Like some of the, like obviously the earlier Pinkerton stuff, like I like it when rivers is in a, maybe a darker place or a more yeah. ref- reflective place. Um, Not to say that I don't want the guy to be happy, but um, I feel like I'm interested what Weezer sounds like in the fall and winter. So I'll I'll cheer these things on and and I'll probably check back in once we get into later in the year. There we go. Um, There we go. So Fife Dog, uh, we talked about at uh, a couple episodes ago. This is finally Mm -hmm. happening. His the album that he was working on. alongside his work on the last tribe called quest album um they've been working on this for years now and it's finally coming out and uh and i'm super excited to check that out um uh, chili peppers album i admittedly haven't listened to anything yet from it um i'm interested (laughs) i i don't know what to expect i didn't hate the last album i didn't listen to it a ton but you know hot and cold on that band um right I want to go in with medium to low expectations, but John Frusciante, yeah. <laughs> John Frusciante's in the band. So I do feel like there's a little bit of an inclination for me to think that this will be something special. Yeah. Um, there's a higher potential there for it to be something yeah. that I care about. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to put it that way, but you know, I've been lukewarm on chili peppers for, you know, as long as I've known that they've existed. Yeah. I don't hate them. Yeah. I'm not going to change the channel if it comes on the radio. Right. But I'm not going to be like, oh, let me search for Red Hot Chili Peppers and listen to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Now you pre-ordered the Lucius album, right? Yes. Okay. So that's that's coming soon. Love Lucius. That's funny because that's like their Twitter handle. I love Lucius. I love Lucius. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I adore this group. Um, I have had it pre-ordered for a while. They've been dropping singles every two to four weeks here and there. And um, I have... Uh, I actually, I thought I had every single one of their albums. Somehow I'm missing their first album. So I still need to go back and grab their first album on vinyl, but I have all the other ones. I'm a huge fan of theirs. I love the way that, you know, the, the, for those that don't know, the general um, sound of the band is, you know, the two um, amazingly talented women that harmonize with each other and have a very similar And I think they kind of stylize it to where they look very, very similar. You know, they'll wear wigs and dress the same and things like that. Mm -hmm. But their harmonies are incredible. They'll they'll harmonize with each other and it just sounds absolutely angelic. Um, And then a super talented backing band. Um, And I I, I just adore this group and more people should know about them and more people should listen to them. Um, So I'm this this new album has... Uh, seemingly sort of a disco late seventies vibe to it. And yeah. I'm really, really enjoying it. 
Um, so I cannot wait to hear the full album and, and, uh, hopefully the, uh, the vinyl arrives relatively on time. Um, I, I'm starting to see that. Like I, there were a few things that I went looking for, uh, recently that did have vinyl. There were a few things that didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the artists and the labels are getting into a cadence. I think maybe the, the time has been cut back from a year to eight months or six months or something. I'm hearing various things from different experiences, but, um, I do think that there's a bit of a cadence. There's been a few projects that I've heard about that were pushed to make sure that they can align with product better. Um, I think that as everyone's getting back into this kind of industry reset this year in many ways, uh, that there will be less of these instances where things don't arrive day and date. And if they're not, it's a two day delay or it's a week delay. It's not six months and you still don't see vinyl for massive albums. Um, exactly. Yeah. I'm also seeing, so there was a weekend album that was released back in January. That's really good. And, um, and I'm seeing like, I got a targeted ad to target, um, for <laughs> an exclusive vinyl that looks really cool. And I don't own this album yet. And so I saw this and I'm like, am I going to pre-order a vinyl record from target right now? Like I, <laughs> it, it, like I never thought that I would do that. What, yeah. what, what world am I living in? So I guess if they can get product into target for an exclusive you know, pressing like uh, things must be looking up a little bit, you know? Yeah. They've, they've had a number of exclusives. Um, so weird. It, it is a little weird. Yeah. For, you know, you think of target and it's kind of, I mean, they always you know. had CD exclusives. Target had weird things like that, especially in the country space. There would be lots of albums that would have, it was kind of like, um, iTunes would have that, you know, if you bought stuff on iTunes back in the day, there'd be an iTunes exclusive track. And uh-huh. then there would be like a target exclusive track on a Kelly Clarkson or a Taylor Swift album or something, you know, like Crazy. that was a thing that they would do because it was such a, a mover of physical product. But I don't even, I, I know that there's one end cap near the books in my mo- local target, but that's it you know like i it does feel like an afterthought when you go into the actual physical location right yeah it's like there's like nothing the there same six albums every time yeah it's like a dolly parton record a garth brooks like it's like a couple things that you're going to be able to buy imagine dragons albums there you know or right. cold, cold play <laughs> right like you can get the taylor swift yeah mm-hmm. but um so it's weird. I mean, the weekend is huge. So I, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, but yeah, no, it's it seemed it seemed a little odd. But I and I haven't clicked yes yet. But I might, you know. Um, and then Father John Misty album also out April eighth. Uh, yeah. Excited to hear another one that I haven't really dived in on the singles too much. But he always, I mean, another very creative, unique artist that I can't. Uh, not have a bunch of respect for. I've seen him live a few times, and the oh, guy's nice. a, the guy's a, a performer, man. The guy is yeah. he's he's fantastic. So I'm I'm excited to check this out. I don't know what to expect from the Jack White album. Um, I don't you know, either because he's <laughs> hit or miss, man. And I love that guy, but like it's you know, who knows who knows what he's going to be. It's I think it just depends on like what records he's listening to and working on at the I, time that mm-hmm. he then decides that he's going to channel for his for his own music. Um, uh, there was a thing that happened at South by that I just thought was interesting to float in case you had any thoughts on, uh, like a bigger 
ramification of it. But uh, Beck did a keynote conversation there in Austin Mm -hmm. and within the conversation said that he was uh, in the process of re-recording a bunch of his songs like Loser uh, and Where It's At, like some of the bigger hits. And he was he said hmm. something, I'm going to paraphrase, but he said something to the effect, kind of like Taylor Swift. He's like, you know, it's interesting seeing what she's done, obviously under her circumstances being really awful and why she's done it. But he's like, right. it is interesting that like, he's like, I go back to my old music and there's things that I would change. There's, it, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense to me as if you think about it that the one and only version that needs to exist of a song is the you know the take that i landed on you know all those years ago and i think all of us as consumers have gotten used to like there's the existing version right and that's the recorded mm-hmm. version and you that's hear that that's the canon that's right. the canon mm-hmm. version and then if there's a live album right then like maybe you hear a live version of the song mm-hmm. and it's a little different and they sound different but i it, it might be cool for a reimagining. I like I it started me down this road of like I could get behind certain artists that I love going back in and reimagining things. And it did spark in me. So the emo kid flared up where I'm like <laughs> I remember I remember going to CBGB's and seeing Dashboard Confessional play um solo acoustic and he played this song called hands down and it was just him on acoustic guitar and you could buy the ep there and it was all acoustic and it was like the greatest ep and all my friends in high school we were obsessed with it and we all i learned to play it on guitar and we all sat around singing it and it was a whole kumbaya thing right and then (laughs) like a year later two years later he puts out a proper album after that and it's got that same song on it but it's with a full band and it's full like mm-hmm. and it was a weird thing for all of us to be like at the time we were like sell out you know like <laughs> the, the real versions the acoustic version that we've been right. singing in my friend's basement for all for a year right like <laughs> what is this with drums um and uh but now i'm like no, that's cool. Like do it and do it again. Yeah. Like do, do something different. Mess with it. Like I, I am wholly in the sphere of like, you can't damage the past really. So like if they put out a, the new Ghostbusters movie and you don't like it, well then you can go like, you can go watch yeah, the old one. Go watch one. the old like, one. Whatever. That, that's it's not, not going not, anywhere. It's not gone. <laughs> as long as you can access it, I guess I should say, which isn't right. always a given. Um, so yeah, like they, you know, they remake West Side Story. Don't get mad. Like just go watch the other one and if you don't care, whatever. Yeah. Um so so I kind of back this. I don't do you have a do you have a take? Like are you do you what do you feel about this kind of thing? Well, it's the first I've heard of it and it's also the first time that I've heard of obviously obviously Taylor Swift did it for a specific and very good reason. Yeah. And, you know, we've mentioned plenty of times before that we applaud her for that. Yeah. Um, Tremendous amount of respect for that. This is the first time I've heard of it being done for just kind of purely an artistic reason. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, bands don't typically go back in and re-record studio versions of songs you know what i mean right um <clears throat> occasionally you'll have a situation with you know like radiohead where they've 
had this big recording session and you get multiple albums worth of material out of it. So you have like two or three versions of morning bell, that kind of thing going Mm -hmm. on. Um, but you know, if he's going back and recording loser and where it's at and things like that, that's, you know, we, we've had decades go by. So, you know, who knows what that sounds like. Interesting to see. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like trying you, to be positive on this show, but the newer Beck stuff um, is doesn't sound particularly inspired to me. Sure, um, you know the early stuff is like shoestring budget, kind of punk folk hip hop melded together, and it was something new and fresh and exciting. Yeah. So, what does it sound? You know, post. Um, post Scientology Beck. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's post, fair. M- post morning phase Beck. Yeah, going back and re-recording some of that stuff. It'll be interesting. Like, does he but... do it with Pharrell Williams? I think that's what you're getting. Like, I think it's like <laughs> you're getting at like if he's gonna go in and do it with Pharrell Williams, like maybe I'll pass, but everybody else can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It that's, could be cool. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, could be. Yeah, I, I I'd be interested to hear it. Um, and then the last thing I just wanted to flag, I don't know, do you, uh, we don't talk a lot of TV on here. There's not a whole lot that I watch. I have never been an American Idol or The Voice. I, we watched The Masked Singer a little bit at one point because that was just bizarre to see uh, Sarah Palin doing Baby Got Back. I'm like, what <laughs> what, what am I even looking at right now? Um yeah. But uh, and my wife watched used to watch Dancing with the Stars, I should actually say. So but outside of that, like the singing shows, the performance shows, the American America's Got Talent. I never did any of those. Do you watch any of that stuff? I mean, not really. I'll I'll come across some of the, you know, YouTube clips when something is like really shocking or or or, uh, you know, really, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. but not typically. It's not, not typically the kind of TV we'll go for. So Eurovision, there's been the Eurovision Song Contest that's existed in Europe since the late 50s, basically. Yeah. Like 60-plus year institutional annual thing. Um, and it's kind of neat. They have countries you know, submitting songs and competing against each other. And it has spawned these like huge moments and these huge songs. Um, Abba's Waterloo was like a top contender one year. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that is like highly regarded and has done really well over there. Um, And the most recent one was that, that band Monoskin that from, from Italy that just like kind (laughs) of took the world by storm. Um, But they're, They've come up with a way, and I know they've tried to do it a few times. They've got NBC on board. Um, they've come up with a premise to do it in the States, and I'm kind of interested to see. Like, I kind of want to watch the first part and just see how it goes, because mm-hmm. I like the idea of it being like state champion. So in Europe, it's right. it's by country. And you're like, right. you know, Spain is rallying behind their person and Italy's rallying yeah. behind their person. There's one competitor per country. And I'd like to know who my competitor is, kind of. Like there is something, like they've got me a little bit in the like, 
who's the who's the am I going to like the New York person? Like, are they good? Right. And if they're not good. I'm probably going to tap right out, you know, but like. Right. Exactly. You stand a chance <laughs> of having a few states involved and, and Texas is a big state like you could get somebody yeah. cool in there. Um, so I'm I feel like I want to kind of just dip my toe in when this launches and see if my state is compelling or if there's something compelling there. Um, I'm not a sports guy. Uh, I can't use the term we when I'm talking about uh, a team or somebody else. You know, it's right. like so I, I don't think that I'm going to go into this and suddenly start painting my face and, and talking right. uh, like that <laughs> right. about some rapper or singer songwriter or whatever it is. Um, but it could be cool to have a little bit of a, like a couch rally, you know, of like, oh, my God, yeah. this guy might be this guy's going up against Arkansas. I think you could take him, you know, like. Could be cool. right yeah going up against arkansas yeah. so the concept has potential of course yeah. um unfortunately we kind of have a history of taking things from europe or other parts of the world <laughs> and kind of ruining them <laughs> yeah yeah but once in a while you never know you know i'm not going to sit here and argue which one was better but mm-hmm. once in a while we'll get the office you know mm-hmm. what i mean we'll get something that does turn out to be really really good as redeeming culturally qualities. significant yeah. even if it's arguably you know not as good as the original who cares yeah. it's something really amazing you know you can make an office reference and most people will know what you're talking about yeah so you know it it could turn out to be something like that um <clears throat> My my only issue is, you know, what what do most Americans have to relate it to? Because mm-hmm. my only okay, so my first introduction to Eurovision was the entirely ridiculous but hilarious Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams movie. Oh yeah, from, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> from like a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what Eurovision was before that. And I, and it wasn't until I was researching it after the movie that I discovered that it was a real thing. Yeah. yeah. It, I thought it was just, you know, part of the movie. Right. So, um, and then later on, I think the next year, um, uh, the Icelandic artist, Dothi Freyr, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, he ended up uh, winning the whole thing with this amazing song. And so I got really into him just as an artist. Oh, wow. And so um, that that kind of went from a silly Will Ferrell vehicle to becoming reality for me. So, yeah. um, but, you know, most Americans, what do they have to compare it to? Are they just going to see it as, oh, here's another singing competition show. You know what I mean? We had American Idol, then we had The Voice and The Masked Singer, and now we have this other one. Who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't know if they're going to see it as nearly as big of a deal as Europe sees Eurovision. Yeah. So it remains to be seen. If they do it right, it could really take off and be very popular. And you're right. It would be very fun to see like, you know, we have the finals and it's, you know, Texas versus New York or whatever, whatever it it ends up being. So that'll be, that would be fun. It kind of, that that's part of, I'm not big into sports either, hardly at all, but that's part of the fun of it. The tribalism. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, what else do we have? 
to be tribal about anymore <laughs> other than you know politics everything is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> video so games it's, it's either console wars or politics um it, marvel versus uh marvel DC. versus dc yeah <laughs> stuff like that of no consequence people love than, fighting right yeah so i don't know it remains to be seen but it's an interesting concept and if they do it right yeah it could be fun uh, now I'm looking at this birthday list, and there are this is stacked. I didn't know yeah. that late March was so heavy. This is crazy. I didn't even go very deep. I I stopped at at you know two days in, two or three days in. I was like, all right, I can't go any further because yeah. it's just we're gonna take too much time on this. But um, not a whole lot going on as far as this day in music history. Mm-hmm. But the birthdays are yeah, you're right, absolutely stacked. Um, so let's start with March 25th, which should be the day that this goes live. 1942, the queen of soul herself, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, Outstanding. Uh, I watched blues brothers for the first time a little while back. And I, uh, like I knew that there were a ton of cameos in that, but that oh, scene with her she was in that that scene with her in the restaurant is so freaking good man like i just rewound it and watched it again i was like man this is so crazy that aretha that freaking entirely. franklin is in a dan Aykroyd movie with a- that's so funny <laughs> that we're you're bringing that up because i literally was staring at and almost purchased earlier today that blues brothers album when i was at my local oh man that's <laughs> awesome like, yeah, it was like, ah, oh, I don't know. Am I gonna listen to it? Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't pull the trigger on it because I already no. had two other albums in my hand. No, what you should um, do instead is go buy the uh Nintendo sixty four Blues Brothers two thousand video game instead. Right, of course. Yeah, like tw- <laughs> Twenty bucks or something, you can get that. Oh, uh, for a system I don't even have a console for. Absolutely. Come on. I got I got one for you here. I got one. I'll get one eventually. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, same day, uh, just five years later in 1947, Sir Elton John, um, I mean, God, what do you have? Singer, songwriter, pianist, uh, you know, performer really like that, that like serious performer, like obviously has written some great songs, but Bernie Taupin wrote and co-wrote a ton of those alongside Mm -hmm. with him, but just the actual, like the, the showman, the pageantry, The glasses, the outfits, you know, like <laughs> the glasses, <laughs> the guy, the guy is just one of the greatest showmen of all time. Yeah. We'll be yeah. known as an icon for, you know, as long as the human race exists. Yeah. Um, entirely. He's also got uh, like a top 40 hit because he did that song with, I think it's Dua Lipa right now, um, Cold Heart. And I'm like, I can't right. believe I'm hearing Elton John on Top 40 Radio with a current hit right now. But he did, like, it's almost like what Santana did. We, I think we talked about this, but it's almost like what Santana did with his kind of thing where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, go you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, she's an English yeah. artist and she's really hot right now. Yeah. And it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, for um, sure. So I, I actually, I had to go searching for it when we, we talked about it a while mm-hmm. back. Um, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Because <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's it's like it's uh it's not a sample. It's like right. But it, it 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 like it's a referential song. It's it's really yes. taste, tastefully done. I like that. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Like for I like when like in Young Amor- Young Americans by David Bowie mm-hmm. when out of nowhere 
the background singers come in with, I heard the news today. Oh, yeah. boy. And then that's it. It's like, what? You just referenced a Beatles song for half a measure. Yep. And then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Genius. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I actually really, really dug it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and I, I somehow ended up a Dua Lipa fan. So who, I, do it, man. She's she's fantastic. I said I said like she's one of those artists where you see it now, and I'm like, I think we're going to be talking about her ten years from now. I I, I think so. Solidly think so. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Um, okay, March twenty sixth, nineteen forty eight. Steven Tyler, singer and frontman for Aerosmith. Yeah, I mean that guy. I, I, Aerosmith was a band that I fell hard for in high school. They just they resonated with me for whatever reason. Love that band. He's a he's a little guy. He's like he like you see him and Joe Perry next to each other, and you wouldn't know it, but I they can't be more than like five foot three five foot (laughs) two yeah like pretty short yeah it's very strange but like there's the uh, talk again some talk about a showman talk about presence man also it's weirding me out that both of these guys are basically the same age as my dad like my dad's born in 1949 (laughs) and i'm like my dad's not elton john or steven tyler (laughs) like and probably good no it's i mean it's good that he's not but like it's a good thing (laughs) So then, um, moving away from that era, I guess, uh, March 26th, 1968, James Eha, guitarist of Smashing Pumpkins. Um, also, all of the wonderful Smashing Pumpkins spinoff projects. Uh, yep. he, was he, in, he was in Zwan, right? You, was he? No, that was Matt. I think that was just Chamberlain and Billy. Oh, okay. I don't think Eha was in that. I don't have um, all of my Smashing Pumpkin spinoff projects yeah, squared he, away. <laughs> he was in Tinted Windows with right. Taylor Hansen and Adam Schlesinger. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about that. <laughs> he was in A Perfect Circle. Yeah, I think oh, he was he in was? A Perfect Circle for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just He's trying to remember. solo stuff too, right? Yeah. Doesn't he have some solo material out there? Yeah, he does. I'm just trying to think. Like, I, He was gone by... He was in the band for a door. I think he was mm-hmm. gone by Machina. I don't know if he was still in the band for Machina, the Machines of God at Smashing Pumpkins. I'm trying to remember like when he came when back he at left. some point. Yeah, yeah. I remember being very inspired by his guitar work uh, really early on when I was, you know, just starting to learn guitar and you know learning Stone Temple Pilots and Soundgarden and Smashing Pumpkin songs. Uh, I just really loved his his style. Um, something like him and Kim Thiel from mm-hmm. Soundgarden. I don't know if it was kind of a little bit of something, you know, with, with Kim, you got get a little bit of some kind of, you know, Middle Eastern influence. And I don't know if with James, you get a, a, some kind of Asian influence, but just something different than the normal, like bluesy pentatonic scale that most everybody was soloing with at the time. Yeah. Um, it was very different and very inspiring to me to try to, you know, okay, let me bust out of this, you know, they kind of call it getting stuck in the box where mm-hmm. you have this one scale that, you know, when you're learning how to play and learning how to improvise and, you know, learning different scales 
typically from different cultures and different parts of the world is how you kind of break out of that. So he was one of the artists that really got me trying to think outside the box when I was learning guitar um, because he was doing things that were kind of out of the ordinary, at least from an American perspective. Well, and Um, and it's again, it's another one of those examples of just like speaking of you can like you can tell the talent is there by the ability to kind of jump genres um, like oh, for sure to go into that fountains of Wayne pop leaning space from the pumpkins and the, uh, and the perfect circle side. And he was, he was in whiskey town, which was Ryan Adams, like alt country group for a really? while too. Yeah. Like he was all heck? over the place, man. It's kind of like man. you just, if you need a shredder, like it doesn't matter the genre, the guy can, the guy is diverse. Like he's, yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, it's stellar. Really stellar. Well, dude. Um, and then March 27th, 1970, American singer, songwriter, actress, Mariah Carey. Oh, gosh. Um, you might know her as the, um, <laughs> that there's the meme about them, you know, defrosting her for Christmas <laughs> to, to bring out um, All I Want for Christmas is You, which is an enormous hit. Yeah. Um, but I remember liking Mariah Carey even back, you know, butterfly era when I, yeah, yeah. when I was a teenager and it wouldn't have been quote unquote cool for me to be into her. Mm. I was like, uh, fantasy, this song slaps. Yeah. But also like, (laughs) I, I mean, I can, I can't speak for you. I can only speak for myself, but I remember her jumping in the pool in the honey video and being like, cause I think she was like a secret agent or something. So like, I, I was really into the music, but I was also really into the music videos. Like, like, so I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I wasn't supposed to be a fan. I just don't know if I, I, I agree with you that maybe I wasn't supposed to be as big of a fan of the music as I was the videos. And I was, a fan Oh God, gotcha. I was a fan of both. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you going to, what are you going to do in that yeah. age, that age group? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually a fan of hers and I will, I will come to her defense online when she is slighted. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, she deserves she's an incredibly talented singer, you know yeah, what I mean? So. And she deserves the comeback. Like she's the kind of person that I want to see have that return. She should have what we're talking about with Elton John. Like do somebody get her business manager needs to figure out who they're pairing her with to properly do something really cool and give her that other, that like, new breath of air that she deserves man yeah i mean i've i've seen clips of her doing stuff with ariana grande and i think if they maybe pushed that harder yeah. it seems to fit because they can both do that crazy high octave thing i've i've seen clips of them harmonizing together with that you know inhuman ability to go into you know just super high like yeah. dolphin <laughs> dolphin mode with their um pitch so yeah everything you know, maybe it's something like that yeah everything that they've tried with her in the past uh, couple years whatever it is always is very hip-hop and like more into that like hip-hop r&b space mm. which is fine like that's her core that's where she came from I, right I, I get it but i think the right pop combination like there's you have doja cat you have dua lipa you have these like massive women like uh, olivia rodrigo and ariana mm-hmm. grande who are owning 
that that space that she created 20 sure. something years ago like any of them would be a great fit for for her to do something with man yeah yeah we'll see um and last but not least certainly not least march 27th um same birthday as mariah carey uh exactly 20 years later kimbra uh who i have talked about at length on <laughs> on this podcast um new zealand uh singer songwriter uh one of my favorites um she and gautier uh won record of the year and best pop duo group performance uh for somebody that i used to know making her only the third new zealand singer to win a grammy award in history so there's your there's your little bit of trivia today um and that's about it for our birthdays all right um we'll flip it over for a game what do we want to do you want to stay yeah, here? Yeah, let's let's flip it over and uh, we'll we'll start off side B with a game because yeah. our game is a little bit fun and a little bit weird. It's silly. And it's silly. And that'll be a good lead into um, maybe one of the weirdest and silliest um, yeah. pop artists of modern times, uh, Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. our 20th episode of retro groove um we're gonna get a little bit weird but first let's play a game let's do it we've got our game that um has stuck around and seems to get more fun as time goes on Mm -hmm. we get a little a little bit more acquainted with it um but the game is called what's in a name and um both liam and i are going to present four birth names to each other of artists um, that have stage names, and uh, it's up to us to guess um, who it is that those birth names belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have I have a little bit of a theme that kind of turned into sort of a double theme. Um, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Um, we do a coin let, flip. <laughs> let me let, let me go first. Mine has right, a cool. dis- mine has a distinctive theme. Nice. It, it's. I think it will be fairly easy. I don't. I, I guess I don't know. But um, it it ties into an album that I did not talk about at the top because of my theme. But it's something that I. Oh. It's an album that I revisited. Like somebody played a song uh, from this uh, the other day, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, I got to go back to this album because usually I'm very dismissive." Or I, I just kind of had written it off, and I was like, "No, there's there's so many good bangers on this album." 
Um, uh-huh. and so, and so once you, I think you'll be, I think once we get the door open, it's going to be another one of those, like once you're in the door, then you know, the wheelhouse yeah. you're in and then you okay, can kind of run around. All right. Um, so first one is Sean Combs. Oh, I know that one. That I mean, that's, that's P Diddy Puff Daddy. Right. That That's him. Go. That's him. Sure. That is that is not. Uh, we don't call him Diddy on this podcast. We call him Puffy or whatever it is because there is only one Diddy. It's only um, one Diddy. All right. So then that's Diddy Kong. So my second one then is Christopher Wallace. Uh, isn't that isn't that uh, isn't that Biggie? Isn't that Notorious B.I.G.? That is Biggie. That's correct. Right. There you go. Um. Mason Betha. So, obviously, my first guess, based on the first name and the company that we're with at this point, I've got to, I've got to go with Mace. That's Mace. That's there Mace. Is. There it is. Dang. And then the, the last name it's going to be a little trickier. I think maybe I don't know. Uh, it's Trevor Smith. Trevor Smith. Yeah. Doesn't ring a bell. I'm right. trying to think of the company. So we got we got Puffy, we got Biggie, we got Mace. Right. Who else is in that sphere? And there's an album that featured a lot of people. I mean, like the Locks was on it and Lil Kim was on it. Um mm-hmm. but Trevor Smith was on an iconic song. He wasn't a bad boy artist, um, but he might have been at one point. I don't think so. Um, Mm. But he does the like kind of chorus call out on a very iconic song um, for this album. And for me, it was just super exciting because I love Trevor Smith and I didn't associate him with I wasn't really a Diddy fan and I wasn't even super into Biggie. Like I like Biggie, but it wasn't he was never my artist. Um mm-hmm. but but hearing Trevor Smith on this, like when I think of this song, I think of Trevor Smith's kind of chorus shout out thing that he does throughout the song mm-hmm. instead of the actual verses. The Biggie verses are really solid on this song that I'm talking about. But um you could skip the Diddy verses, the puffy verses. <laughs> Um, man, I thought I had a guess, but then after all of that, uh, I think that went kind of out the window. Um, trying to think of East Coast artists, but I feel like, uh, all right, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. It's probably wrong, but I need to move this forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with Ludacris. No, not Ludacris. Not okay. Ludacris. So, um, he had his own kind of group, uh, that he was doing stuff with around that time. They were the flip mode squad. Um, he, oh. uh, you have it? Well, that probably gave it away, I think. Okay. But is it Buster Rhymes? It is Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Flip mode was never that big, so you never know. Um, but yeah, yeah but I the first thing you think of when you hear flip mode is Buster. I guess Rhymes. so. I guess I that's mean... true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. I guess I don't think there was anybody in the flip mode squad that ever 
like went anywhere. So I don't, I can't think I don't know. of any. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that song victory, man, somebody played that for me again. And I was like, man, other than like maybe some of the puffy parts where he sounds kind of nerdy, whatever, like this is such a good song. And Buster Rhymes just doing that shout out part throughout the song is just so cool. And, and I'd con- I yeah. had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. And so now I'm I like it's one of those weird nine late late nineties albums where there I think there was a vinyl pressing back then because hip hop albums did vinyl pressings. Like yes. you didn't mm-hmm. have that for rock albums as much in the nineties. Um, but you did have hip hop vinyl pressings. And so now I'm like, do I hunt this? I might hunt this down. I don't know. I kind of want this oh, album. <laughs> it might be one of those that you're going to have to pay $300 for it. Yeah. I'm probably not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, all right, so man, so that puts me with one guess or with one hint. Yeah, it's 90, it 95 points. 95. I think. Holy moly. Yeah. Holy. yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I, yeah. It'll be a daunting hill. <laughs> so I definitely have a theme. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, one of the unintentional themes that ended up popping up is uh, names that are quite the mouthful. Oh boy. But. <laughs> But uh, so I'll, let me give you just kind of a general overall theme uh, at the very top, and that is um, iconic uh, British singers. Okay. 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 So uh, we are going to start off with uh, hopefully easy mode. Okay. And the first is Reginald Dwight. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Reginald Dwight. And no hints in the name there, right? No, not really. Okay. Reginald Dwight, iconic, uh, iconic British singers. We said yes. stars. Okay. Sing known as singers primarily. Um, okay. he has been mentioned on this episode. Oh, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> um, let me go back to the show notes. Um. <laughs> So not Steven Tyler. Oh, then is it Elton John? It's Elton John. <laughs> nice. Yes. All right, cool. Sweet. Thank you for that. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Wow. Um, so go with Elton John. Go with Elton John. Yeah. Uh, bonus, Sir Reginald. Yeah. Potential bonus points. I didn't even know this until I was researching for the game. Mm-hmm. But so he legally changed his name to Elton John. Okay. But wow. What is the middle name of his legally changed stage name? Name? Elton John, the stage name, has a middle name. Oh, man. I and have this blew n- me away. I have no idea. <laughs> Aloysius. Aloysius. It hit, so <laughs> he legally changed his name to Elton Hercules John. <laughs> what a champion. <laughs> I'd never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, why isn't that on all the albums? Come on. I don't, Elton Hercules John. I, mean, I, I guess mean, if you're going to change your name, you might as well just go the distance. Might as well throw Hercules in there. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> I never knew call. that before. Yeah. But so there's your fun, another bit of fun trivia okay. for the day. Right. Um, I don't know how to score that. Let's call that 20, 25. Okay. Because you didn't make a guess before, you know, I was just talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
So, so we kind of know where we're in the ballpark of yeah. at this point. Got it. Um, this next name I'm going to absolutely butcher, and I mm-hmm. apologize to anybody offended by my butchering of this name, but it is Farouk Bulsara, F-A-R-R-O-K-H, B-U-L-S-A-R-A. Farouk Bulsara? I- Think that's Freddie Mercury? It is Freddie Mercury. Okay. I, 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 I kind of knew his name. He, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, because he's Turkish or no Armenian, something like that. Something that sounds like Farouk. Yeah, I don't remember. Unfortunately, yeah. I should know this, of course, and yeah. I and I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought that was a good um you know, lead off after um, Sir Elton Hercules John. That's a good one. Of course. Yeah. Um, okay, so this one, we're getting maybe a little bit more difficult. Uh, maybe not. Um, this is another one that I'm going to absolutely butcher. So okay. um, my apologies to all of the uh, Greek listeners out there. Um, little micro hint. Uh, but the name is Georgios. Kyriakos. Mm-hmm. Panio, pan, panio too? Panio? Pan, panio? Yes. Yeah. Yep. George Michael. It's my, George Michael. Got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> Man, you're nailing this. Okay. So now we're, well, we're, we're kind of tied. And if yeah, you can, if is... you can get this first try, then I think yeah. you win with a perfect score. All right. Um, but this is hard mode. Okay. Um, so this is Mary Isobel, Catherine Bernadette (laughs) O'Brien. Mary Isobel, Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. And there's like no hints in that uh, name okay. whatsoever. Well, that actually helps me because I was about to go Mary and Faithful. So that's cool. Uh, no, nope, right. I'm not going to count that as a guess. Yeah, there okay. is no, there is not a single hint in that name whatsoever. British singer, um, very much associated with the swinging 60s. Okay. And that's the last hint that I'm going to give before yeah. we dock some points. <laughs> okay. Swinging 60s British singer. I don't even know. I, I think I'm going to need another hint. I can't. I don't even know where to, to start. Um, she's pretty well known for her kind of iconic 60s look. Um, she's got like the blonde um, kind of um bouffant kind of beehive hairstyle like a Ronnie Spector kind of thing or mm-hmm. yeah Dolly that Parton, kind of look is, um yeah. the you know the the British. thick eyeliner that kind of whole look the very very you know popular look in the 60s yeah um let me think um she Ended up doing a collaboration with Pet Shop Boys in the late 80s. Um, so her career actually spans a number of decades, not just mm. in the not just the 60s, but primarily popular in the 60s. Um, 
let's see. Ah, that's going to give it away. <laughs> so she was initially um, in a folk group um, whose title was The Blanks. And that blank is the last name of her stage name. Or of, uh, yeah, of her stage name. Um, still living or no? No, she passed away in 99. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we're talking, uh, about Dusty Springfield. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yes, it took me a little bit to get there. I don't know why I had a (laughs) blank on that name. I don't know why. I mean, icon. Icon. And I'm going to call that one hint and I'm going to call that a tie game. All right, cool. I t- I'll take that. Uh, that was fun. What was the Mary O'Brien? Mary, <laughs> Mary Isabel? Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. <laughs> wow. Jesus, that is a lot. Man. That is a number of names in wow. that Wow. Yes. All right. So Damn. I've got one of her albums hanging around somewhere. Yeah. yeah she's Need cool. Find it. Anyway. So that was a fun and a little bit um, weird version of what's in a name. Mm-hmm. And our feature this episode is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. Right. And um, I, again, I don't know what took us so long to um, feature him. And, you know, maybe, you know, because there's some rumblings of some some uh, new Weird Al media coming out at some point, hopefully this year. Yeah. Um, we kind of haven't heard a whole lot from him recently and, uh, you know, within the past couple years or so. So that, that may be why. Um, but, I mean, Weird Al is just an American... I don't think it's a stretch to call him an American treasure, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can say that about a ton of people. Um, But as far as just, as far as pop culture goes, um, I mean, one of the big staples of American uh, pop culture in general is parody and poking fun at, you know, what's popular and using that, you know, kind of, um, atmosphere to kind of push things forward, you know, once you, and you know, Kurt Cobain himself said it, you know, once, once weird Al parodies, one of your songs, you've made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like once, once weird Al parodies your song, you're kind of old news at that point. <laughs> yeah. Although, although Kurt Cobain also famously uh, in the phone call, I think he said, can it not be about, food or something like (laughs) Like, because there's so many so many eating and food songs that al does like rocky i love rocky road and my bologna and eat it it. fat and (laughs) And it's funny not not my first weird al album but my first weird al cd Mm -hmm. was a compilation called the food album oh wow and which i've never seen you know, at any point in the last 20 years or so, but in the probably mid nineties, um, shortly after getting my first CD player, I think it was like 
maybe the second CD I ever owned after like Counting Crows or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> was the Food Album. Yeah, it was Rocky Road, Spam. Spam. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Food, lot, lots of food and eating related songs. Yeah. Um, but that, that was not my first introduction to Weird Al. Um, and so I'm, I'm very curious. So Liam, what, if you don't mind, what was your earliest, um, memory of Weird Al or your kind of introduction to Weird Al and, and kind of what he does? I, I, I gotta apologize and say that I think I have two that I need to mention. That's fine. Cause there's, there's two different things that kind of happened, at least for me with Weird Al. So there was the music video for fat, right? Where you're like, (laughs) he's like in that black jumpsuit with the zippers and the buckles and the stuff. And all of a sudden he's just inflating and he can't get through (laughs) the subway turnstile. And I've, I've thought about this kind of thing a bunch and we've talked about like Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer and uh george harrison's i've got my mind set on you like there's these um these music videos that i don't know why my parents had mtv on so much you know like right right i I, like i don't know why i saw these music videos because i saw them when they came out and i must have been four three yeah i don't know not necessarily age yeah (laughs) like it's very strange i like i don't even i have let me actually look here yeah this is 88 fat came out so like i don't there it is I was four years old when I was watching this music video and I remember that. Right. Yep. And I remember the music video was so cool. Um, and I, I also remember there was a, a Beverly Hillbillies, the money for nothing song. Oh, yep. um, mm-hmm. And I remember the, the music video for that, but I didn't, I mean, I was a five-year-old kid. I didn't yeah. get it. <laughs> I didn't get into weird Al. It just seemed like a weird thing. And then um, I'd say it had, I was, Probably well, yeah. I'm gonna. So I've, that's why I got my CDs kind of laid out here because I still go. got all these things here. So 96. So then I'm 12 year old, a 12 year old boy. Sorry, I just hit my mic. I'm 12 year old boy, um, and Amish Paradise just takes the world by storm. Yeah, man. I yeah. mean <laughs> that song. Bad hair day, right? Yeah, bad hair day just permeated like my social circle. And it was this is the first CD that I ever bought. The first nice. CD with my own money that I went and it doesn't even have a Buzz Club wall sticker on it. Hadn't hadn't had that yet. <laughs> um, but like I my buddy Smitty had this album and he lent it to me and I got a CD player so I could listen to this album because it's like because look, it's like it, there was Amish Paradise, which was huge. Right. Yeah. And then there was Gump. And I Gump. had I hadn't seen Forrest Gump. I didn't even know what he was talking about. I'm a 12 year old kid. <laughs> I'm not watching Forrest Gump, but I'd heard the song Lump on the radio, yep. and now there's this Gump, and so I think it's cool. It's hilarious, right? The non-parody songs, like the original songs in here on this, I thought were so good. There was mm-hmm. the Night Santa Went Crazy. Yes. <laughs> what are you even? He he kills the reindeer like he legitimately <laughs> obliterates the reindeer. I'm like, what am I listening to? What is this? I can't believe this is happening. I know. Um, <laughs> but but I, the last thing I'll shout out on this is um, so starting with the second album, uh, he has his polka medley, right? Right. Um, yes. 
And the polka medley is such a great place to like, then suddenly, I mean, the number of times I should say that I've heard the source material and been like, oh, hey, I heard him play accordion to that song. Right. You know, <laughs> like, oh, my You heard Weird God. Al do it first on the medley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, dude, I mean, I love R.E.M., the first time I heard Bang and Blame off of Monster, I think it's on, I was like, yeah, I heard this on Bad Hair Day. I remember him <laughs> going bang, 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 blame, 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 like with an accordion. Um, yep. So, yeah, so I I remember taking this CD over to my Aunt Barbara's house and uh, we'd be visiting with them and I would just be like sitting on the back patio uh, compulsively listening and learning every lyric to this album. I thought it was the funniest thing. I couldn't believe there was this guy doing this. Um, <laughs> and and what's weird is I definitely also remember my dad was kind of jazzed about me liking this. And I thought that right. that was kind of lame. And now <laughs> I look at it and I look at this and I'm like, no, this is dad jokes. This it's, is yes. This is the dad joke records. It's like these very are all these are. Uh -huh. But it's okay. I don't. But why it's okay? It's okay. Like I was okay with dad jokes in this form then. Yep. It did, and I don't know if you had this experience. It definitely made my dad feel like he could then come up with parodies, and I was like, "Stop it!" Like that's yeah, not. You're not Weird Al. <laughs> this isn't funny. Don't do it. I'm sure every dad was like, "Yeah, I can do what Weird Al does. Uh, I can do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so I I adore Weird Al. I adore this album and many others. Um, what about you? What's what's your experience? Well, actually, my experience was very similar, um, except just maybe slightly different on the timing. Um, but the um, the first thing being the fat music video was oh absolutely a core memory for me. <laughs> so like, I remember, do you remember being a kid and like your, your dad would take you over to someone's house that you've never been to. And it's like a yeah. family friend usually. Yep. And he's like, Oh, it's uncle so-and-so. And like, you know, their buddy, buddy. And you're like, I have no idea who this person is. And <laughs> you're calling them uncle so-and-so. Uh, okay. They have Atari. I guess they're cool. So let yeah. me just hang out in here. <laughs> um, so I remember going to some, you know, to who to me was a stranger, but my dad, you know, insisted that they were our friends and it was uncle. So-and-so somebody I've never met before. Mm -hmm. And on the TV was the fat music video. I don't know if it was just on TV or what, but it was playing. And I, I mean, I obviously knew initially and instinctually that it was making fun or it was a parody of the Michael Jackson video. Cause I had mm -hmm. seen that. Yeah. But, um, you know, cause so, so I would have been like maybe six or seven at that time. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is a thing that exists. Yeah. Like, is this like, did his like friend make this? Like, what <laughs> is this? So that was my very first introduction to Weird Al. And then kind of like you, some years go by because there was no internet. There was no, no you know what no, I mean? You had MTV, I, basically. That was it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't go and look up Weird Al on 
uh, a, a streaming service or on YouTube or on the internet at all because it didn't exist yet. Yeah. So some years go by and then um, a friend of mine had a tape and it was um, it was off the deep end. Mm, okay. Which is his 1992 album. Yeah, with, um, the, with the, the Nirvana cover. Yes, it's yeah. the it's the parody of the Nirvana cover with him in a swimming pool chasing after a, a donut. A donut, on, yeah. <laughs> on a hook. Yeah. Um, and it leads off with smells like Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And, you know, w- we all know the story of <laughs> Kurt Cobain um, knowing he had made it because Weird Al was suggesting um, the parody for, for uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that music video was all over the place and that was <clears throat> that was kind of like the second wave of weird al i think yeah, like the I, beginning so. of his kind of second wave coming out of the e- 80s nirvana is the biggest thing in the universe at that point and he comes out of the gate with a music video that is so strikingly similar and you you have to give props to i think without his music video parodies you don't quite I don't think he quite um, has the same level of fame. No. Because he doesn't just parody the song, which would, you know, for, for maybe some people would have been good enough. Mm-hmm. But he parodies the music video and sometimes frame for frame. Yeah. And actually in the case of the Smells Like Nirvana video, uses the same extras that were in the Nirvana video. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you've, you've got so many moments that just stick in your head forever. Like the gargling with water, mimicking the guitar solo and things like that. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, we, we, me and our friends, we, we would go grab a cup of water and get ready for it and gargle along with the music video. Man, that's amazing. Um, and then what's so funny and, and how this is kind of speaks to how much Weird Al permeates the culture. Do you ever, even to this day, get the thing happen where a song will be on and in your brain, the Weird Al lyrics are stronger than like, (laughs) there is no American pie. American pie is not a song that I sing. I sing, I sing Anakin guy. I like, I, I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. He's totally, he's totally Berenstain Baird. Half of the songs that he's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In the future, it'll be interesting to see like which version of the song is, you know, in yeah. the ancient tomes that yeah. f- future civilizations thousands of years ago from now will dig up. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing, uh, going back and listening to some of these songs um, earlier today um, from this album um, is there the, the right after smells like Nirvana, which is like kind of the big, you know, that's like the album seller mm-hmm. uh, for this one is a song called trigger happy. <laughs> Do you remember this song? No. It's it's an original and um it's kind of a you know how he does what he calls style parodies yes. where it's not a parody of a particular song but It'll it's It'll be like, a reggae. Oh, this, exactly. Right. So um this is like a uh, an early Beach Boys style parody. Okay. And <laughs> it's all about um you know um 
just this this guy that is super, you know, Second Amendment um, gung ho about like. I gotta, <laughs> really, I'm, I'm trying to remember lyrics off the top of my head, and it's like I remember thinking, like, "Oh my God, you could not make this song today." Oh. Um, because it's so, I'm going to pull up some lyrics here because it's so, um, just like almost kind of shocking, even though yeah. I, I listened to this as a child, literal yeah. child. I, that's and what I'm saying. It was like hilarious. That, that Santa um, song, he like talks about like, t- like taking a flamethrower to Donner and exactly. Blitzen. I'm like, what? So like in the style of Beach Boys, it, it, the song comes right out of the gate and he goes, got an AK-47. Well, you know what? It makes me feel all right. Like, <laughs> and it just gets worse wow. from there. Um, well, you can't take my guns away. I got a constitutional right. Like, it's just, it goes on and on from there. I have there. to go he, back to this song. That sounds He talks amazing. about shooting first and asking questions later. Like, <laughs> like the song is, he's literally, he's singing about shooting people. Yeah. And it's like. Uh, I mean, this was the early nineties. This was, this was pre Columbine. This was before you really had school shootings as, you know, unfortunately kind of a, a relative norm in this country. And it's just, it's kind of shocking a little bit (laughs) to hear him making light of it. Yeah. Um, Oh, I accidentally shot daddy last night in the den. Like it's just crazy. Oh my (laughs) God, Adam. What is this song? You gotta listen to it. It's literally right after Smells Like Nirvana, the second track on the album. I see, I don't so know. So you know everybody's gonna hear it if they listen to the album. Yeah. My, it's right after the like hit first song. <laughs> so uh, that I, was an I interesting back, moment. <laughs> I went back and listened to some of that stuff, but I never owned that album. I need to go track that down. Um, yep. He says, yeah, no. got a brand new semiotic weapon with a laser sight. Oh, I'm praying someone tries to break in here tonight. <laughs> yeah. No, I look, I'm not I'm not wholly surprised because I was I was just looking back because there's a song on Bad Hair Day called I Remember Larry. And it was like the first two verses of it are, hey, remember when that guy would like put Ben Gay in my jock strap or like, oh, my God, it was so funny. He played all these pranks on us. It's just like describing like this completely obnoxious dude. And then the last version is, uh, do you remember when I broke into his house, dragged him, tied his his mouth with a rag, dragged him by his ankles to the middle of the forest and stuffed him in a bag. And if the cops ever find him, uh, who knows what they'd say. And I'm like, (laughs) whoa, you killed the guy? Like... (laughs) Oh, <clears throat> the so, Amish paradise. What are you talking about? I know, right? You're killing yeah, and reindeer. it's always on the same album as these, like, you know, relatively benign but funny hit yeah. songs. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of had a little bit of a dark side. And of oh course, yeah. you know, as an adult, you're you're reading it and it's it's clearly, you know, satire. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you're <laughs> when you're you know, in, in the modern kind of cancel culture environment, there's no room for satire. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just funny to go back and listen to some of these, you know, 30 years later. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this you would not you would be canceled immediately. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of satire, because it's interesting because we've used both words in this. We've used parody and satire. 
and I won't go super far down the rabbit hole, but just like as a, as a touch point so that it's a reference for everybody um, on the, the conversation of him doing this to begin with, because I think that it's a daunting thing that that has kind of prevented a lot of, of, of anybody because you don't really have other weird owls, right? It seems like something that somebody should have done by now. Um, but like the, the law is very gray on what you can get away with and what you can't. And so mm-hmm. parody is legally covered under right. U.S. law as freedom of speech. But satire is not. Satire mm. is satire is considered something where you could do it and not have to use the source material, whereas a parody has to use the source material. Um, right. And a lot of times he's not parody parodying parodying. He's it's satire. Um, a parody mm-hmm. a parody is the Nirvana thing. He didn't need to call Kurt Cobain because right. he's singing a song about Nirvana. He's playing a Nirvana song and he's making fun of Nirvana. Right. 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 But, I mean, but and it, he's always made that clear where he doesn't legally have to get their permission, but he does so out of respect. But but for fat, he kind of does. And I think that's why he does it. He's also just a really good dude and wants to engage right. with the community. But for fat. That's satire. You know, like he's taking an existing thing. He's not making fun of Michael Jackson. He's not making fun of the song. He's just he's taken it and he's put new lyrics and a new subject matter on it. And when it becomes satire, technically, you need the copyright holders okay on it, because technically you're using somebody's content for a brand new message that has nothing to do with the original material such a weird gray area it is it is and, and speaking and and it, it's run into certain spots before where like he <sighs> got pushback from certain artists there's the famous coolio thing where like right the, the agent said that he could do it and so he did it and it's not um it's not a, a parody it is satire it's not making fun of coolio um and you know coolio then said he, he wasn't okay with it but he cashed the checks and everybody shook their hands after the fact and everything was fine. Right. Um, right. There was also right. like a weirdness around. Um, uh, it was an Eminem song and it was for lose yourself and he didn't want him to do it. Um, I don't think it was couch potato. It was something else, but there was, there was an Eminem song where he had a similar thing where Eminem was like, you can do another song. D- don't do that one. Um, and mm-hmm. he did it and he did it anyway because um, he got he thought he got the green light from from somebody. Um, so, it can, again, when you're doing those kind of handshake agreements, things can get a little dicey. Yeah, um, I I unearthed a situation here that was in that same vein. Um, so he had wanted to do uh, a couple of Beatles or Beatles related songs and mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever done one. Um, no. He wanted to do, for Bad Hair Day, he wanted to do some kind of parody of Free as a Bird. And apparently McCartney said it was fine, but because it was either a John song or a John co-write, it went mm-hmm. to Yo- it had to go to Yoko. And he was like, it's up to oh. Yoko. And Yoko shut it down. Yeah, of course. But yeah. he also <laughs> wanted to do... And he apparently this one he has performed live but never recorded it. Uh, he asked Paul if he could do "Live and Let Die" yes. as chick, chicken pot pie, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> another food song. I know this one. Yep. 
Yep. I've never heard chicken pot pie, but I, I haven't want, either. I want to. But and correct me if I'm wrong, but the story goes that the only reason why Paul wasn't cool with it, um, because he was a fan of Weird Al, right? Yeah. Or is yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the only reason that he wasn't cool with it is because Paul is a vegetarian. Right. <laughs> and he said, Well, yeah, you can do it, just do like veggie pot pie. Yeah. And he was not like, Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not as funny. Um, and the other one, the the last one that I have flagged here, going back to that uh the money for nothing Beverly Hillbilly song that I distinctively remember, like that one's such a unique situation when he reached out Knopfler agreed to it Mm -hmm. by, by insisting that he plays on it. Right. Right. He had to play the guitar on it, but that song isn't necessarily a parody or satire. It's kind of a mashup. It's really because he, like and you can see it in the way it's labeled and and I saw an interview where Al was like if I could maybe I don't know I I don't know how I could have done it any differently but like I really wanted it to be labeled x y or z because he basically just took the lyrics to the Beverly Hillbillies song or theme mm-hmm. song and merged it onto the melody and sound of money for nothing so right. Al, Al didn't really write anything for it he like he did a mashup of two things. Uh, he sang on it. He's the performer. But yeah. like he didn't. I, I think, I yeah, think that song only makes sense in the context of the movie. UHF. If, yeah. Yes. So if you see it in you, when it happens in UHF, yeah. he is, you know, trying to run this TV station and he's, you know, up late working on, you know, paperwork or whatever for the TV station. And, a literal episode of Beverly Hillbillies is playing on the TV and he falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And this music video is like his, his weird fever dream <laughs> of mashing up, you know, Beverly Hillbillies and, you know, whatever music is playing in his head. Yeah. So it's funny how it only really makes sense in the context of, you know, the story of what's going on in UHF. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. um, you know, we can, Man, we could have a whole episode on UHF. I know, right? And and yeah. Al TV. I mean, he would take over. He had such a great relationship oh with MTV. And I feel <clears> like <throat> I remember certain things and weird little parodies segments that they built on that. But it did. It does make you think. Like I don't know if Weird Al would have existed if MTV didn't happen, or it wouldn't have been what Probably it was because not. we both just talked about how impactful certain music videos and stuff were. And absolutely continued to be through running with scissors, even like f- from the eighties into the early two thousands, it was his music video stuff that really kind of uh, kept him in the, in the cultural conversation. Definitely. Yeah. It, um, cause that, you ask, I would venture to say you ask pretty much anybody what their first memory of Weird Al is, and it's a music video, like yeah. nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's it's also really interesting, um, some of the things just culturally that happen. Like, I don't know how how much you were into or, or know about the Alapalooza album from mm-hmm. 93. I don't. Um but so he comes out of the, you know what's what's the big thing in 93 culturally speaking it's Jurassic Park Jurassic Park right so so he he leads off with this crazy like in in a million years you would never think that this would work but it's a it's a parody of MacArthur Park 
and he turns it into Jurassic Park. Mm. So it's like, what? what is that even? Is that a parody? Is that just <laughs> like, what? He's just like, yeah, he's just riffing on popular culture at large. Yeah. And like, who else does that to that degree? Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, and then on so that smart. same album, rather than this, this is one album where in, he doesn't do the whole polka mel, uh, um, not, I was going to say melody medley. Um, medley. He doesn't do the polka medley on this album. He does an entire polka version of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my and God. Really? I feel like this gets like forgotten or it's been lost to time a little bit, but it's called, it's the last song on the album It's called Bohemian polka. And it's the entirety of Bohemian Rhapsody in polka form in weird wow. Al polka form. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's, and that was one of that was probably like the mm, third or fourth CD I ever owned. Um, that's an insane album. There's so much. I mean, you've got you've got a Red Hot Chili Peppers parody. Um, you've got him doing um, "Living in the Fridge" instead of "Living on the Edge" by oh Aerosmith. Ah. <laughs> uh, and these are just like I think uh, <laughs> I need to go back. So here's the thing: I remember. After I got into Weird Al, going to Borders Books and Music and going to the Weird Al section after I got Bad Hair Day and seeing Alapalooza and the Polka mm-hmm. album and something else. And I was like looking at the back of them and I'm like, I don't get the references here. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know yep. if I'm going to grab this or not. And once he started putting out more music that then I was I had the reference point for right. I was I was hooked for the next two or three albums like running with scissors was huge for me because when he did the polka medley for that album I actually knew like half the songs exactly. at that point like mm-hmm. it was intergalactic by Beastie Boys and tub thumping by Chumbawamba and right. stuff and I'm like <laughs> no I know all these now like I'm in the MTV generation you know like um uh, so I need to go back because now I have an appreciation for those songs that you just said. Right? Yeah, now and like, you know the songs. Mm-hmm. I feel like those might hit really nicely. You know, living in the fridge sounds hilarious. It, it is hilarious, <laughs> and it's it, that's just one of the really, really unique things about Weird Al and what he does is because you know when when the albums would drop. They were, um, and he's mentioned this too, where, you know, at the time it was like a, a mad scramble to try to get these albums out while the songs were still relevant. Right. right. Um, and then, you know, with the internet, things are very, very different. And I think he's even said like, you can't really do an album anymore the way no. that I used to do it. Um, but he would come in and it would be like, almost like a, a little a hodgepodge and like a scrapbook of the music and the popular culture of that year. Yeah. And um, you don't really necessarily get that with any other artists. Um, and then, so you've got, you know, people in the eighties becoming weird Al fans because of like the Michael Jackson parodies and everything that was happening then. And then you've got people in the early nineties that came in, on the you know the nirvana stuff and the jurassic park stuff and then you've got people coming in in the late 90s with 
the you know coolio and all about the pentiums and all of that oh my god dude and, all about and the it pentiums. keeps perpetuating so he's got this ridiculous um 40 year plus career yeah where he's just constantly you know riffing on the culture every single step of the way and hitting home runs every single time yeah and that's that's kind of unprecedented it is the, i think the weird thing also for me though was that he it felt like a long time in between albums and and early on it really wasn't and then when it definitely like when, wasn't early on yeah and when i was listening to him actively it, it wasn't even that much i mean it was literally like a gap of maybe two or three years between albums right. which was normal for everyone but for some reason because it was contextual to pop culture and pop culture continued on throughout mm-hmm. all that time, it did always feel like where's Weird Al? And then when he would reemerge, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Him again. Like, like what, what's he got this time? And then right. it was, it was really hot to that. Like, like you said, it was, it was like a, a an interesting swath yeah, a of, little what microcosm. Was mm-hmm. of like the past year and then it would go away because he really wasn't touching things that had happened three or four years ago. And I do mm-hmm. think that the cadence probably got a little too crazy. I think that... Yeah, the he, culture just moves so much faster, right? Yeah, I think he had in the 80s and 90s, there was undeniable culture and it lasted longer because right. you didn't have the internet. You're right. Exactly. And because, because you weren't moving so fast. And now the churn is so rapid that... You probably, I mean, if you you watch an Olivia Rodrigo video and you think of the parody and you go in and you cut the song, by the time it's out there, it's probably an old song at this point. Or somebody's done it on TikTok. So, like, yeah, I I was going to, like, throw in at this point, why don't we think that there's not another established weird al but maybe there can't be maybe there just won't be because i think like what other musical comedy acts or artists do do i love and Mm -hmm. the the lonely island come up because the lonely island but they had their own version of mtv with their own playground which was snl like they they could just throw things on snl and do a cultural moment and a song and it was great Um, right they're the closest thing that I think that that generation, the the just younger than us has to a Weird Al is the Lonely Island. Yes. And, and maybe there's something else that comes along that's like that uh, afterwards. And it's probably someone on TikTok that I have no idea who it is because hashtag old. But like, <laughs> I don't I I I'll ride or die with Al, you know, and I still love For Lonely sure. Island, too. I feel like yeah. that bridge that gap really nicely, but. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think you're right on the money there. I, I can't I can't really think of <clears throat> any artists. I mean, maybe like something like Flight of the Concords comes to mind a little bit. But other than that, there's really not a whole lot out there in the way of, you know, straight up what you would consider comedy music artists um, <clears throat> that you would like buy an album and listen to. Oh wow! Um, Lonely Island really is the closest that we've got, and yeah. I'm I'm glad that we have them. I'm a I'm I'm a big fan, but um, and you're right. I think without SNL, they don't really have 
quite the audience or no. the exposure or the you know the the quick turnaround topical timely um you know it it's just how the culture moves you know yeah. even considering something like like uh like video games you know what i mean yeah. how how long was like mario kart 64 popular mm-hmm. like years and years it was like every everyone wanted to play that and that was it and now it's like something is hot for two weeks and then it's old news the next thing yeah so yeah um, <clears throat> um i don't know speaking, if it's go ahead speaking of the lonely island though i not to go off on a tangent but i just finally saw the trailer for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I did not know what that movie is. Have you seen it? I have not seen the trailer. Do you know what the 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 premise of the movie is at all? I don't know the premise of the. Okay. I, all I know all right. is it's Chippendale Rescue Rangers and it's John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. You should just go watch it. But I like again, okay. like I'm I'm watching <laughs> this and I'm like, oh, the sense of humor permeates, right? Like the mm-hmm. like the Lonely Island, even though they're not doing that thing anymore, they're still of course. There's still Lonely Island writing. There's still really Lonely Island humor. Um, and and I will I also just because he is who he is, I have to give a shout out to Tom Green because I feel like for me, Tom Green bridged my musical and cultural humor gap oh. between Weird Al and The Lonely Island. Like I had a hot and again, it was MTV, like it right. was videos. It was funny, funny songs that he did. Um, I have his I have his album on vinyl like he <laughs> nice. I've seen him live, you know, like Tom Green. Incredible. Tom Green was that like jackass era of of comedy. But like, I don't I don't know why. I don't know why it spoke to me so much. Um, but there there. So there have been these. Yeah. Co- comedic creators who kind of found other outlets. It wasn't just stand up or improv or whatever. They found other mm-hmm. ways to do things. Um but yeah, I don't I don't know if there'll ever be another Weird Al. Um, I did really quick. I just did a quick search because I remembered there was something with Couch Potato and Eminem that I just mentioned. And uh-huh. I, lo- I looked it up to see what it was. So if I could just. Um, so, of course. So Couch Potato, uh, it, it's a song that was on Poodle Hat, which came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a parody of Lose Yourself, which is probably Eminem's biggest song right like yeah. like and, and like and culturally iconically one of his biggest songs um and he greenlit it uh a, a, to be done and so it exists on that album but when they went to put it out as the single he yanked it back he didn't he he didn't oh. allow it he didn't allow it to be like this promoted thing because he thought it would be bad for his image and so al was like well i was he had this whole music video planned and everything and that had to get scrapped too Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know what the legal ramifications are there, but it is satire and not parody in that case. And so right. it might be that Eminem had the ability to pull the plug or to have some say on it. But it's interesting that the song exists. It's a great, it's a very funny song, but it's interesting mm-hmm. that the song exists. It's out there. You could stream it now. It's on streaming platforms, but he was never able to to capitalize on the MTV-ness of that. And I'd say like there is a sort of like era in that mid 2000, 2003, 2004, where you don't really see and hear Al as much. And like the MTV thing doesn't happen as much. And maybe things would have been different if that video had been greenlit. 
maybe Eminem yeah. screwed up Weird Al. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> Damn. Um, but you got to respect the artist, right? Like, it, yeah. you feel strongly about his art, so. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the other really tragic and crazy thing, and this this might explain some of the gap kind of around that time, but um, that's I'm going to have to look up the actual dates here. But um, his parents actually his both of his parents died in a carbon monoxide poisoning accident. Freak freak accident. Um, Yeah. yeah, In 2004. Yeah. So that kind of tracks with that kind of gap there um so you know it's always we we think of artists and it's like you know give us more content and it's like these are people that have lives and families and things that happen so um yeah that's kind of crazy yeah um but hopefully we'll get some more i know he's done he's done kind of some collaborations here and there um within the past uh few years but um, you know, with with the internet, you know he could he could put out music videos on YouTube and be very timely with it and things like that. So, you know, it, it I don't know what to expect um, moving forward from him, um, but and anything is possible. We've we've seen you know how his career can be somewhat feast or famine. So. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what to expect because even he himself is basically like, you know, and I think one of his relatively recent interviews was like, I don't have anything planned right now, but inspiration could strike tomorrow and you could see something in less than a month, but we don't know. You know what I mean? So something has to hit at the right time where it's hugely, you know, almost universally popular or at least universally known and you know just hit right at the right time where he can swing in with something that hits and i feel like he at this point and he's he seems to always have had a knack for it but it it has to be something that's gonna be a a solid home run or he's not gonna do it yeah he seems to know the difference between a home run and meh not it's not gonna it's not gonna be a smash well and that's maybe why this whole movie thing uh makes a lot of sense for him to do right like he's an older guy now he's got a great story um the the weird moments that must have happened that we don't even know behind the scenes at something like uhf or al tv or, or his weird mm-hmm. al show he had that tv show for a yeah, year the weird al show. Mm-hmm. It's saturday morning show so um i'm interested to see because he's involved with this first of all harry potter like Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al Yankovic, right. gonna be fantastic. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't wait to see what that, what that's like because he has gone uh, and done so many different things. He's a great actor, um, and he's he's played these really like oddballs in these oddball storylines um, with like interacting with talking corpses and odd mental <laughs> yeah. stuff, whatever. Like there's been so many weird things that that guy has done with his career. Now that he's like established himself as Harry Potter, he could just really go and do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Daniel Radcliffe a lot. I lo- would love to see, or can't wait to see what th- he looks like as Al and, um, and what, like how Al's going to help tell his story. Like I do like when it's a biopic that has an involved, person i guess it depends on the situation but 
Um, I think Al will be pretty honest and genuine about stuff. I remember watching his behind the music a lot. Um, and he was always just very transparent and, and told great stories. Uh, I, I, this will be really cool. I'm very excited to see this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I don't quite know what to expect, but you know, if, if he has any part in it whatsoever, it's, it's going to be a home run. It, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's just that, I've come to expect that level of quality because that's all he puts out is home runs. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then I guess the last thing that I'll hit on, I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, have you seen him live at any point? No, no. Okay. No. So I'm looking at tickets right now. He's actually coming around in Austin in October of this year. Um, actually at the Moody theater, ACL live. Um, so, you know, tickets are, uh, in the 70 to $80 range at, at the starting point. Um, so I'm looking at that, but if I end up being able to, uh, make that happen, that'll actually be the third time that I'm seeing him. You've uh, seen him before. Live. Oh yes. So come on <clears throat> dish. Cause his band's great. His band's been with him since the eighties. It's the same dudes. So the guy that was, um, just kind of shoot in at the very last minute to slap the accordion case for another one rides the bus live mm-hmm. on the Dr. Demento show turned out to be his drummer and is still his drummer 40 plus years later. Wow. Like his band that he formed together in the early, early eighties is still his core band to this day. Yes. Uh, I first saw him as a teen when I was a teenager um, at a, at a venue called the Melody Tent in Hyannis, Massachusetts. <laughs> and um, I think the big like the big number at the end was Yoda. And the this venue is kind of unique in that it was a big circular venue under a literal tent, like a big kind of circus tent style. And the stage actually rotated. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So it was it was very weird. Um <clears throat> I, I somewhere I still have a guitar pick from that show. Come on, I'm Adam. The guitar player. Some I don't know where it is. I haven't seen it for years, but every five to ten years it'll show up in a random box of stuff. And it's like wow. a white fender pick, and I'm like, and I I don't have any ever I've never seen any other white fender pick, so I know exactly which one it is. And every once in a while, it'll show up in my random <clears throat> boxes of stuff. You know, when you move from one place to the next and there's right. always a handful of boxes that never actually get fully unpacked. Right. It's in, <laughs> it's in one of those. Um, and then probably somewhere in the ballpark of three to four years ago, um, Dan and I went to go see him uh, play with the Austin Symphony Orchestra what um yeah he did like this whole tour where he played with you know an orchestra in that in each city that he went to and um one of the one of the highlights um oh a couple of highlights but um they actually you know did the whole star wars thing with literal like stormtroopers on the stage and darth vader on the stage and r2d2 on the stage oh my gosh um, for the saga begins right 
So that was amazing. But also because they had like the full blown, you know, orchestra with the brass section and everything, he said, this is the first time in my career where we've been able to actually play Harvey the Wonder Hamster live. Oh my gosh. (laughs) For those unaware, Harvey the Wonder Hamster is like a little 30 second song with like a brass, you know, March fanfare um, singing about Harvey the Wonder Hamster. And so they played it and I got to see him play Harvey the Wonder Hamster live. Um, Yeah, it was amazing. So we'll see. Um, We'll see about October this year if I can make it happen. Um, it'll be the third um, time seeing him and well, like what, what's, what is weird Al going to play in 2022? That's kind of my, that's what I'm curious about. Just kind of go over, you know, his set was all over the place when we saw him a few years ago. So I'm looking at the tour dates now. He's got a gig that is like a 20 minute drive for me. Um, but it's all sold out for May. He's playing Carnegie Hall, though, in October. What? Do I need to see Weird Al at Carnegie Hall? I might need to see Weird Al at Carnegie Hall. I mean, Hall. I feel like that's pretty, That's a pretty iconic... Like That's amazing. For my area, him playing ACL Live at the Moody Theater is iconic. But yeah, yeah. For, for you, Carnegie Hall is like... Wow. How do you do better than that? Yeah. What, what's up? What, Madison Square Garden? Is that like the, the only step up from that? From yeah, that. I think I need to see Weird Al at Carnegie Hall. Okay, I have things to think about. Well, you oh have to see, because you haven't before, you yeah. have to see Weird Al live. Yeah. You have to. So. Oh, man. Okay. I think I'm doing this. I got to, te- I'm going to text Mark says hi. And because he, he'll, I know he'll roll with me if he, I think, yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to see about this. This is awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. If it's going to be, you know, it might end up being my first concert of, tor- of you know, the past t- three years. No way. You're going to go out to something. You're going to come on here at some point this summer. And you're going to be like, dude, I was at Stubbs the other day. You'll never believe what I saw. I, you're going to you're going to see something this so. summer. I know you're going to see something because there'll be outdoor shows. You're going to go to Auditorium Shores or something like that. Zilker Park. Well, actually, yeah. Ghost Funk Orchestra is swinging by in like whoever a, that is. Come on. They sound uh, great. They're a New York band. You got to get into no. Ghost Funk Orchestra. Ghost Funk Orchestra. I'm writing this down. They're on uh, unless I'm they're on Karma Chief. So we, we love Karma Chief on this yeah. podcast. So uh, Ghost Funk Orchestra is coming to town. I know that. Um, I know. I, mm, I want to say. That's indoors, Le- though. That, that show's indoors, it looks like. Yeah. I, the one in yeah. Austin is indoors, too. So I'm a little yeah. bit kind of. Mm, and it's, yeah. it's only like a week or two away. So I'm not 100% on that. But they're. Yeah. We'll. we'll We'll figure something out. It's it's got to be mind blowing. It's got to be mind blowing. Whatever yeah. it is, yeah. And hopefully, it's something before October. But but I'm I'm making a very strong effort to see Weird Al in October. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Let's yeah. Let's make this pact. Everybody go see Weird Al. Everybody go see because you never know when someone's like, "Yep, I'm done touring." Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially, yeah, you get older, you get tired or you're not. And also like his kind of music, uh, like 
it'll be it'll still be funny when he's in his 70s. Who am I kidding? Like, it's still going to be fun. But I want to see him now. Yeah, he's got enough of a multi-generational audience that he could perform for the rest of his life. No doubt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you just never know. With some, he, he can do whatever he wants. He's not tied to any contracts or anything like that. He could just, you know, he's he's also kind of a, a, a private dude when it comes to his personal life. And he could just be like, man, I've done everything I set out to do in my career and I'm done. Yeah. And, and, and who couldn't, who wouldn't respect him for, for that? So, um, <clears throat> uh, that's, that's all I have to say about Weird Al. I mean, I could, I could go deeper dives into individual songs and individual albums, but, um, we'll save that for Dan. Dan will come we'll on at some that, point. Yeah. We'll, we'll do, uh, we'll have to do, well, when the movie comes out, when the movie comes out, we yeah, can, we can do a whole thing. We can have a little little group on, and we can talk movie about movie, and maybe yeah. you know, post all of us seeing him in October. I hope so. Get back together and do a do a whole Weird Al follow up episode. Yeah. It'll be great. But I agree. Uh, but this was a very fun and very satisfying twentieth episode. Thank you so much, listener, for sticking with us all of this time. And uh, come check us out in the uh, Retrologic Discord. We are part of the Retrologic Network. You can check out the website, retrologic.games, for social links, merchandise, community, and more. Um, the best online community that I have ever been a part of. Just oh, yeah. so overwhelmingly supportive and positive. Um, talk about music, games, movies. I mean, um, we're, we're, we're just happy to just bounce all kinds of fun media and experiences off of each other. So yeah. uh, check it out. Till next time, stay weird. Yeah, stay weird. <laughs> <laughs>